All right, welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation. Mike Cation with you here today. First, a big thank you to our sponsors, New Balance Tennis, for all of their help over the last couple of years. And don't forget to download as well the document. The document is the perfect way to keep track of all of your competitions with your friends. You can also exchange money. Go to the App Store today and download the document. You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash Tennis and buy our coffee. Our guest today has purchased a tall cappuccino. I've actually purchased it for him, but a tall cappuccino. It's Riley Opelka. Uh, this was something that we had planned uh, July to do to do a podcast, Riley. Um, you then contracted a disease, um, I think specifically to get away from the podcast. Exactly. I took it personally. Was, um, that was the intent? Yeah, I could tell. Um, but no, I, mono in the middle of the summer, I actually had the same thing. Okay. It's rather miserable. Yeah. Uh, it, what was yeah. the experience like for you? How, how bad was it? It wasn't as bad as I've heard from others, but yeah. for me it was, I mean, I just didn't want to play tennis anymore. I mean, yeah. we didn't know what was wrong with me at first and um, just took, it took a couple weeks to find out, yeah. which I thought was a long time, but from more stories I've heard, that's like extremely lucky yet I caught it so early um, and then I just treated it I was pretty cautious with it um, I pretty much just stayed inside the whole summer heat stress is like a big right a big issue with it you want to avoid like sweating or any right. sort of stress in general so I was indoors 24 hours a day for four or five weeks it's so crazy yeah um, I, I walked in a parade in a costume on the 4th of July with mono <laughs> that was not smart. That's not fun. So, um, what what did you do? What I mean, I'm assuming just watching TV. There's probably some Fortnite, some other games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fortnite's stressful though. Yeah, it is. So, I I was playing a good amount of Fortnite. Uh, I was actually watching Tommy Paul's dog. Okay. So Tommy bought a dog. Okay. Um, a Bernese Mountain Dog. Okay. And he was on the road. I think he was in DC and like just playing all those tournaments. So. Yeah. Uh, I was like, bring her down to West Palm, and and uh, I was watching this puppy. Okay. She was like four months old at the time. Okay. And um, what did you do when the dog needed to get outside? I just I took her outside. Okay. Um, just didn't you know? I mean, I was in and out, and then I, I I took her to the park a lot. Okay. And I would just sit in the shade, and yeah. she would because she had so much energy. <laughs> but uh, that was fun. That was helpful, I guess. Yeah. And then. Um, I did a lot of, uh, I mean, my diet changed okay. since a lot. Um, I ate extremely clean, and I was able to do one hour of fitness every day as long as my heart rate was below like 110. Okay. So I was wearing a heart rate monitor, yeah, tracking everything, and then, um, yeah, I guess slowly, I, I was. The, the toughest part about it was actually after a week of doing that, I yeah. felt completely normal. Really? So the first week was easy. I was sleeping a lot. Yeah. I was tired. I didn't want to do anything. Right. By week two, I felt 100%. Like, I was kind of just jonesing to get outside. And uh, yeah. I love, I mean, I have a ton of energy as it is. And I love being outside and, and kind of just being active. And that was what was tough. And so you had doctors who were telling you X amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I actually, um, I, I was work, I, I've been working with this guy, Dr. Ara, mm -hmm. so he lives in, in Lake Nona, okay. and he, he does a lot of work with golfers and stuff, and Jay Berger, my coach, yeah. um, recommended him to me, um, obviously Jay's son, Daniel, yeah, um, right. 
uses him and and Dr. Aro is so helpful and he's had athletes that have had it as well and I think just uh, having him was huge just because there's a difference between like treating someone with mono that's like a student that's not um, that doesn't kind of rely on their body to right. make a living and and he was so familiar with scheduling which most doctors yes struggle with so he knew the urgency to get back on the court but also knew that um, there's no that we can't afford to take risk and right have this reoccur so I think he did a phenomenal job and he was communicating with me every week monitoring everything I was putting in my body and um, I think having him was huge you've obviously had kind of these these protracted periods where you've had time off with with injuries over the last couple of years um, they, I'm sure it's not easy on you mentally how yeah. have you stayed focused it's frustrating especially being like 120 in the world now yeah. and missing six weeks right of tournaments at home in the US um, that was it's more frustrating now actually um, than, than then but yeah I uh, because you're so close to top 100 yeah. year-end yeah okay which I'm not it's not a goal of my like I'm not I'm not gonna celebrate top 100 I'm not yeah. that's not where I want to be long term I want to be better than that but I do want to avoid playing these challengers I mean, <laughs> sure this week and last week have been pretty pretty brutal yeah actually I mean I don't want to speak too negative on it but it's just frustrating when uh, when it holds you back from improving last week I ran out of rackets on the court Yep. The stringer didn't have rackets for me. The, uh, I mean, the practice court situation here is kind of a nightmare. But that's that's the main motivation. That's the main reason why it's frustrating because I just don't want to be in these situations. It's sure. where I, I really do believe that some tournaments like these hold you back from getting better. Do you think? Do you think it gives you a perspective in terms of what you actually want long term? I mean, does it does it give you more motivation to say, all right, I've got to knuckle down so that I win this tournament so that I don't play this type of a tournament again? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I have a long-term thought process with my with my tennis and kind of where I see myself being at, you know, playing my best tennis is not, it's pretty far down the road, I think. Yeah. Which I'm fine with that, but... I do. The only thing I just don't like wasting time, and I, I think it's frustrating when you come to a tournament and you can barely get a practice court. The practice courts are a completely different surface from the match court, and it's just uh, that that for me is just an environment where it makes it tough to get better. Yeah, and it's tough to be coming to the practice court excited and and hungry, just because. Like honestly, I, the practice courts here—it's two different. It's right. a foreign court. Yeah. So you go. I don't even know if I should be thinking. All right, should I adapt to this practice court so much faster? And then I'm on the match court and it's slower. Should I just play on this court like I'm gonna play on that court? Yeah. And not make two balls in a row. <laughs> so um, that's the biggest uh, motivation I think. Getting out of these tournaments just to improve um, your overall tennis, not. Uh, is the main priority right not for obviously the tour events are nicer in general but I'm fine with suffering and, and grinding in these events it's yeah. not that's not the issue it's when I feel like my tennis game is going south instead of north that's that's where I get frustrated 
Um, this this is one thing I wanted to talk about, and it's always kind of awkward because um, I, I have, <laughs> at this challenger level, I have pretty unique access in terms of my proximity to you guys. Yeah. Um, and and it is across the board. Most most players have those moments where they're rather negative, where they're on, sure. rather negative yep. on court. Um, yours are rather comical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I get to hear it up close and personal. And you are you are a funny young man because you're very. I mean, this is a compliment. You're very bright. Yeah. So your ability to analyze and critique yourself is is actually rather funny. Yeah. The, the question I have, though, and I don't think this is something that like the, this is this is what's hard for an average fan. How hard is it to actually have fun on a tennis court? Um, you know, it it depends. Like, it's that's a good question. It's not hard. I don't think. I have fun. I actually have a lot. I've had this year. I've had so much fun on the practice court. Mm -hmm. Just being my weeks at home in West Palm with with Jay Berger. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to those weeks, and it's 115 degrees, right? And humid as can be, <laughs> and I think that's just more of a compliment to Jay. And I think um, just having that, like knowing your, I think your training weeks, your base weeks are, are huge, they're critical. Yeah. And it just gets you in a good mindset for the whole year, it changes everything. Having, I have so much more confidence in my team now than, than ever. And and it just makes everything fine. Like I can, I can lose tonight and I'm at home in West Palm, 100% confident that I'm gonna be on court with Jay getting better and improving and, and having fun that that's what's fun to me yeah so i have a lot of confidence in him that i'm gonna head that my tennis is always gonna head in the right direction and um and that that's that's a big part but in terms of competing wise when you're on the court it's i mean it's fun just being in that situation where you almost sometimes you don't know what what's gonna happen right and and that's a lot of people don't understand like that's that's what tennis is. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's so many so many matches that come down to a few points that you have almost no control over, right. and especially the w with my tennis, the way I play, being seven foot, more so than others, and I just got to live with that. I know there's going to be weeks where I lose seven six in the third, yeah, a few times in a row, and weeks where I win those breakers. But yeah, I mean, I guess there's. There's a lot more fun than what the spectator sees. Sure. Uh, it, you've had a hell of a year, though. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you take out that mono part, you've had, you've had a hell of a year. I, 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 couldn't be, I couldn't be more pleased with it, to be honest, especially coming from last year. Yeah. Last year was a big... Uh, I was pretty disappointed last year. It was like the first year in a while. Obviously, for a young guy, you always feel at the end of each year you've gotten better you've improved and last year was the first year where I was like really looking back on the previous year and being in and like comparing and analyzing myself there and, yeah. and being more satisfied with 2016 the way I was playing in 2017 yeah which I'd never really done before every year I was just kind of thinking ahead what I wanted to get better and last year was the case where I was actually reviewing 2016 and mm -hmm. and looking at how much better my um, idea for how I need to play was. It was yeah. so much more clear. 
and that's where I spent all of December last year with Jay. Um, the first day I moved to West Palm, we practiced and we, we grabbed lunch and talked for like an hour and a half, uh, mainly about just concepts, just basic, basic concepts of how I need to be playing and understanding um, certain like stats honestly mm -hmm. stats were huge I hold serve 90 last year was like 87% of the time and I broke serve less than whatever really low number <laughs> so with that in mind Jay's first thing was why like why do you play like you you care so much like why are you playing so tentative you know um, you're gonna hold serve these stats tell me you're gonna hold and you're pretty much not gonna break so why be so cautious to, to take risk if we pretty much know you're going to hold yeah. and you won't break. And that, just having that in the back of my head changes everything. And right, that's one thing that stood out to me that he told me. And um, I think that's been uh, just a big part of my tennis, just knowing that I'm how dangerous I am and how frustrating I can make it for other guys to have to yeah. play me. I've, I've had the opportunity over the last couple of years to get to know your family a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they are, they're pretty intelligent, analytical people. Yeah. I, it, that, that obviously is translating down to you as well, but you, your family, uh, talk, talk a little bit about them. Um, obviously, I've talked more with your dad and your uncle more than anybody yeah. else, but uh, yeah, my, they're my big dad's, influences. Yeah, for sure. My dad's sharp, smart guy, yeah. loves tennis. Um, and, and my uncle is the same, just in a different, uh, they're, they're completely different, they're, those two. My uncle's super, super funny guy, really, really outgoing, but he's, I mean, he's awesome, just because he knows that some of this is, is brutal, being on the road all the yeah. time and whatnot, and, and he always is, he has like such a good attitude about, just about life, so yeah. he's a guy I always like, like spending time with but yeah my my pops likes to watch a lot of tennis and and he's bright just just in general also with tennis just since he traveled with me since i was 12 years old right 11 years old younger to all these junior tournaments until i was about 14 15 and i moved to the usda yeah but he's seen a ton of a ton of junior tennis and and he's got a good eye for it. we don't we don't talk much tennis. like he doesn't ever um he does a good job of Staying out of the way um, when he when he knows he needs to. For example, last year he was very supportive of of me moving to West Palm, mm -hmm. and he was a big factor of just like encouraging me to um, step up and and get myself in a situation where where I want to be and find the right coach and be around the right people and kind of manage. Um, myself and get the best team around me. Yeah, and he was super uh, helpful with that, and and definitely knew that last year that's what I I needed. Your dad um, also always contacts me uh, in terms of uh, food options. Yeah, he's a foodie. Um, I, I, has that translated down to you as well? I'm a foodie. Yeah, but like not not as we're different types. He he won't like waste one meal. He won't go to a chain restaurant. Yeah, like he has to find the spot of every in every place. Where I'm the same way, but I like I like to I like to go to my my go. I have a few go-to spots that yeah. 
that I always like to, to have. You've got Jersey Mike's, and I think there's one actually like right here, right? Jersey Mike's is, is right here. That place is good. I go through phases of that. Yeah. I have this new spot in Florida that I'm at every day, which is Fole. Okay. And they're they're growing. I think they're going to be huge. Okay. They're all over Florida now. Yeah. And it's pretty money. That's kind of replaced Jersey Mike's. Okay. It's a better, 10 times better Chipotle. So it's Mexican? No, it's Mediterranean. Mediterranean? Yeah. Really okay. good. I'm intrigued, but but Very like a good. Chipotle type of style. Yeah, much healthier. Okay, much more yeah, fresh. Sure. But it is uh, it is really good, and that's my that's my new go-to. You obviously have a the deal with New Balance. Yeah, um, but do do you, does your agent? I mean, do you have? I don't know how to phrase this. The ability to reach out and say, hey, I, I want to be a little bit different, and I want to go for some of those. Like Bole, like reach out to. The, I'm just using that as an yeah. example, obviously. But say I want to go that route. How do you approach your marketing sponsorships, those type of things? Are you involved at all, or you try to stay out of it? I try to stay. I don't. I like to play tennis. I can't. I'm not a big. Uh, I mean, I like. There's certain. There's plenty of of things I like that I'm just a fan of. That I don't. I don't need to have a, a deal with them to be supporting it just okay. cause, like like Bollet is something I, I like I have those things like and I don't so many tennis players now just think like oh they like something oh I, let's, let me get a deal with them it's yeah. not I don't know I don't I don't really uh, think like that too much I know plenty of guys that do yes and so so what it, why not and what what are the things that are important is it just really about tennis and will do you think that'll change once you get older it, I think it's, it, it is just about tennis, and, and I think it'll change as I maybe as I get older, as my ranking improves, yeah, um, and and like more opportunities come about, then I'd be more hands-on and picky with like what I want to be part of and whatnot. But uh, I don't like I don't go out looking for my own okay. own deals really. I don't have time for that. I don't yeah. I don't have time to think like that. Any free time I get, I mean, I'm watching. Watching football, I watched the, the fight last night. Now yep. basketball season's starting. Right. I don't really, I don't know, I... I the, the obvious comparison is obviously Taylor. Yes. I mean, who had deals like... Yeah, if he can, if he eats a protein bar he likes, boom, I got to get a deal. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves the... Uh, <laughs> But I mess with him about it all the time. But I, I assume it's just different ways of approaching it. I don't think either one is right or wrong. No, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other examples too. Like I, like <laughs> Voss. I mean, come on. Every single tennis player posts a Voss water bottle. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like literally, if you don't play tennis, if you play tennis and you don't drink Voss, like you might not even play tennis. Right. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's just that, that like. That's just funny to me. You've also kind of uh, taken away a little bit on the social media, um, yeah. and I know that I, you and I talked about that uh, several months ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's such a weird time for for tennis players who are younger because you you do want to market yourself in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But you also have the, the hatred that comes along with it. So how are you trying to balance that now that you you want to be young and just like everybody else who's in college? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think social media is pretty. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, I think it can be really toxic to some yeah. people in general. Just like 
whole world actually, but I don't, I mean, I don't use it for, for business that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I use it just to, like for my friends and stuff and I, I avoid it as much as I can. I haven't been on, I don't have Twitter anymore. Yeah, I'm not on Instagram much at all. Um, the only reason I have Instagram, because I, I love fashion, so I, that's how I like, it's like just a easy platform for me to use to follow like new things. If that wasn't part of it, then I don't even know how often I'd be on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I just think it's ridiculous with like having like guys that are gambling on your matches that have like the, that are messaging you and, and like communicating with you is right. shocking. Yeah. I mean, I never, I don't care about it, but I just think like I see all, everyone, all the players screenshotting right. and like, I don't know, I think it's crazy that they do it and and I just see it every day and yeah. I don't know, I, I like to, I always think there's other athletes, there's other like, you know, tennis players are the bottom, like there's so many more sports that have way bigger fan bases, yeah. like especially in the States, like right. football, basketball I mean, imagine what those guys get, especially the basketball players, yeah. just because it's more individual than football Yeah. I mean, imagine the hatred those guys get and you don't see them like screenshotting it and yes. like posting it like that's just part of it you know right. and, and I don't I think that's like I would imagine it's pretty normal in every sport yeah which is sad but I think tennis players just react different to I don't know it's probably just the individual nature of our sport yeah that you're you're not shielded by teammates and yeah things like that yeah you you feel it more in yourself because it's one-on-one yeah where's uh so Where's your fandom? Uh, you have a lot of Chicago ties, yeah. Uh, which, of course, me being from Illinois myself, the, the southwest suburbs yep. of Chicago, I, I certainly respect. But where's your fandom uh, in terms of basketball, football specifically? And, and I, I think you're a Sox fan. Am I right? I'm a White that? Sox fan. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I like the Bears, Bulls, yeah. Blackhawks. I love basketball in general, so yeah. it's hard for me just to root for one team. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, there's a plenty of, I love Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, he's unbelievable. Great player. One of my favorites, Clay Thompson. Um, and I, I mean, there's just like a superstar now in every single team. Yes. So it's fun to watch a game pretty much every single night. And the off season in basketball is just as good as the, yes, as the season. So it's definitely like America's sport now. I, I wonder if. I don't, I don't know if you've ever had a talk with your dad, and, and obviously I could be your father, I'm old enough at this <laughs> point, but like fandom is different now. Like for my generation, you were built upon following a team. Yeah. And I think people who are 20, 25 nowadays, you, it's just superstar driven, much yeah. more so than team. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. Um, so, sure. so is it built around like you you would you would follow Anthony Davis like from team to team, right? Yeah, I'll follow Anthony Davis from team to team. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Um, I mean, just mainly the guys that I like to watch. Yeah. I, I, Kawhi is is phenomenal. Yeah. And um, and there's plenty of and and I, uh, there's there's things that I respect about those guys a lot, and each one different than others. Yeah. Kawhi and Clay are so low key. It's you know they're they're so just all about business they go they show up every single night yeah they're so reliable they compete every single night they defend so well 
and their, uh, I don't know, just their demeanor is, is something I respect a ton. Have you have you had any encounters with with some of the top level superstars in the at NBA? This point? Yeah, I mean, or, yeah. So yeah. what what are, what are those meetings like? What do you get out of them? I mean, just everyone's diff everyone's different, I guess. But um, I don't get much from from meeting someone. Just I, mainly from watching them compete, watching okay. them in their environment, and and um, watching them in just brutal situations. Yeah, I mean, you know, much pressure like. The Warriors feel the win, yeah. Just because everyone kind of rips them and talks about a super team, which right. is obnoxious. But the pressure that those guys face every single night that they're on the floor. Do is... you ask those questions when you meet someone? No. Okay. No, I don't even. I wouldn't even talk about basketball. Really? Yeah. Just because. No, I just. I would just. I like. I just like to watch, and it's not something. It's something that I feel like. They didn't. They didn't have to ask for. You know. I think it's something you learn. It's something you can like. You learn on your own. Hmm. Some you you have like, from, mainly just from within yourself that yeah. you you kind of find. And everyone's different. Everyone handles every tough situation or everyone handles stress differently. And that it's that's what's fun to watch for me. It's how they they deal with that. Um, your good friend Taylor Fritz got the opportunity to play Fortnite with Ninja, yep. uh, which I watched yep. and was mortified that I was watching Taylor Fritz play uh, Fortnite with Ninja. It, yep. I, I can't imagine what that was like for you because I imagine you watched it as well. I watched it, yeah. No, that was pretty funny. I was disappointed in him, you know. I mean, <laughs> he didn't perform like I was hoping. And uh, no, Fritz is really good at Fortnite. And Koz is pretty good. Kozlov's the best. Really? Kozlov's probably the best. Okay. They're close though. Yeah. Like it changes all the time, but I think right now, I think Kozlov just got like a 22 kill game. Okay. I want to say or 20 kill game maybe. I don't know. He just sent me a Snapchat of it, which is pretty crazy. It is. Uh, please, if you don't mind, uh, tell the story of your first Fortnite victory. My first Fortnite victory I, but was... You told me this in Sarasota. It was a it was a big night. Yeah, and uh, it was I just lost in Delray. I yeah. know, so I lost to Go Peter Gojewick, and I was playing, and um, I was just in the bush with like a gray AR, <laughs> and the the zone just stayed on me the whole yeah. time. Three people left. I mean, I had not like nothing. Yeah, I had not just just that, and. Um, they got into a like fight right in front of me, and he got the one guy got tagged pretty good and ended yeah. up killing him. And as soon as that happened, I, I hit him one time with the AR, and and it was over. And that was my first my first solo win. But I've gotten plenty with Fritz. Yeah, mainly because of Fritz. <laughs> and um, yeah, Fritz is intense with it though. Like yeah, you're not you're not there to like socialize and have. Like have fun. Yeah, it's business. When so you, he's like telling you to clear the comms. He's like screaming at yeah. yeah, well he's he's getting heated when I like, and it's always my fault. Like, sure. I mean, he can get sniped from like the other side of the map, and it's my fault. But like, um, he he's pretty pretty locked in with it. He's good. I mean, he really is. He's good at all video games. Yeah. But yeah, he's <laughs> he's money. I don't know how I don't know how you can get that good actually. Yeah, especially being a professional athlete and having that, yeah, and a father. Yeah, let's I, not forget that aspect. Yeah, 
I think, like, but he didn't even, I mean, we all played, like, the same amount. He played yeah. a little more, I guess, but he, uh, I think it all comes from, like, him playing so much when he was young. Yeah. Like, I never played video games when I was young. Yeah. I still don't, like, I kind of don't play Fortnite anymore just because I got sick of it, yeah. and, I, and then that's it. Like, I don't play any other video games. Yeah. So I think him just, like, playing so much since sure. he was, like, seven years old. Yeah. Huge advantage. Yes. And uh, so, like, it doesn't take him as much time. Like, I, I, yeah. I tried. I, when we were talking in Sarasota, I, yeah. I was trying. And because I don't, I haven't played video games in, like, ten years, yeah. I don't have the dexterity needed with the fingers. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's insane. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm awful. Like, I'm awful at yeah. Fortnite. Fritz also spends a lot of time watching, watching like, Ninja and Twitch, those guys. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's, he has a Twitch account. Okay. Um... I even can, he even has a he even has, he even has a fan page on Twitch. It's like Fritz, really? yeah, Fritz Fortnite fan or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's he's no joke. Okay. Um, yeah, that kind of freaks me out actually yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm also kind of intrigued by this whole fashion thing that you mentioned a couple minutes ago. Yeah, I love it. I, and I'm not sure what the brand is that you're wearing today. Yeah. This uh, is a nice sweatshirt. Um, I, I I had no idea about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where did that come from? Just some I've always liked. Okay. Yeah, I've always liked clothes. How do you balance that with obviously the New Balance gear that you're you are also wearing? Yeah, I mean, I like I wear New Balance lifestyle sneakers all the time. Yeah. And then obviously on the court, I wear my New Balance gear. But off the court is like at dinner and stuff, I'm able to wear whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, I always wear. I love the like New Balance. Luckily, they they don't make their. Um, they're, like I love their numeric, their skateboard shoes. They're pretty sick, and they don't. They only go up to size like 13 in those. Okay. So, luckily they uh, like they made me like a ton of them in size in my size size 15. So I've been I wear those like pretty much every day. Okay. I love the like that just that style of shoe. Yeah. And they're super comfortable, so I wear that. And then yeah, I've always always liked clothes and always been into fashion. They also made you, if I remember correctly, they hat. made you the trucker hat. hat. Yeah, I love the trucker hat. Uh, it, that that's such a dichotomy because the trucker hat is like, if you will, white trashy. I would not say what you're like. I'm, I'm just you, you know what yeah. I'm saying. But then I, I'm looking at what you're wearing here. This is far from white trashy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is more of a skater chill kind of a, a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Same. That's what I think. Like the trucker hat. I yeah. Mean, you see, like, yeah. I I, I love like. I like the like the skateboard and industry and fashion yeah. from a fashion standpoint, sneaker standpoint, yeah, even culture standpoint. It's pretty cool. It's super like West Coast, California. Yes. I mean, we're in NorCal. This is this is kind of like this is it, right? Somewhat, yeah. This in LA. Yeah, LA is definitely like the skateboard capital yeah. for sure. And uh, yeah, this is a little different than LA. <laughs> it, it is a little bit different. Not than Valley Valley California, Fairfield, yeah, <laughs> not the same. But yeah, no, I like uh, I like that style. I like LA, LA style a lot. West Coast. We're we're at about a time that because I've got to get to work. Yeah, we're right at the 30 minute mark. Um, but I, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't talk to you about the first time uh, I really saw and interacted with you and Tommy Paul. Oh boy! It was the uh, oh the autumn of pumpkin. Oh, pumpkin. And I, I, if, if people followed you guys on Twitter at the time, yeah. when you were so young and innocent, yep. um, can you kind of explain what Pumpkin was, just just 
how it manifested itself to become this like social media darling. Yeah. Tommy calls I mean, Pumpkin. Yeah, Pumpkin was family yeah. for a couple weeks till we had to leave her in uh, actually him yeah, as a boy. Okay. We had to leave him in uh, here okay. in Fairfield. But yeah, Pumpkin comes back every year. Nothing really? will be as, as iconic as 2015 Pumpkin. Yeah. Just because that was the best looking pumpkin. Okay. So Tommy hasn't been able to find one that is like as perfect as that one. But other than that, like, it, it comes back every year. Why did Pumpkin come into your life? One day here, it was in um, Sacramento. Yeah. We were, we were going to the store and... Uh, Diego was like messing with Tommy saying like I don't even know what we were talking about but he's like nah Tommy's so cheap whatever and and we were like in in Walmart like getting like Gatorades and stuff for our for loading up for the week yeah and uh getting waters and and he was like oh no Tommy's so cheap like he was saying that the whole week and then uh we were walking by like the pumpkin area in Walmart and he's like you know what like I'm gonna get a pump I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the biggest pumpkin I can find, Diego. Like I'm not just just because I'm not cheap. And he's like, like he's like anything that like I don't know. He was just like making a joke of it. And then he grabbed the pumpkin. Yeah. And he brought it to dinner uh-huh. that night. It was like on our table. Yeah. And then he brought it to the courts, and right. then everyone started asking about it. And then it just became like. He's a fascinating young man, Mr. He's Tommy fascinating. Paul. He is fascinating. Um, ha, ha, ha. You, you have to ask. You got a good. He's got a good story. Okay. About uh, two nights ago. Two nights ago. You'll have to ask him. His hotel room okay. being broken into at four in the morning. Okay. Because um, he's supposed to do a podcast with me this week as well. Okay. So bring it. Uh, that's a good story. Okay. See, that's, I, it's just a little challenger tour um, experience. You see, what you've just done, um, your your uncle Mike would be so proud. So proud. Uh, because that's what's called a tease it's in the tease. radio world. I learned that one from Mike. Um, that is just really like high level stuff. High you. level. I'm impressed. I learned from the best. I learned from the best. Riley, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in action tonight. My goal is to get this edited by tonight so people can listen to that as opposed to listening to my all <laughs> commentary. Uh, no. But it, it was really a pleasure, and I, I really do appreciate the time. No um, and again, our thank you to our sponsors, New Balance Tennis. You'll see Riley's complete New Balance gear later tonight, uh, as well as the document. I know you have the document on your phone. You're, we could probably exchange some money over some rock, paper, scissors. That's maybe the only sure. thing I could... Or Fortnite. You and Fortnite. I could, maybe I could get to your level. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could go bush life. Yeah. I mean, that's, about, that's about all I could do. Yep. Um, but also, you can buy our coffee by going to patreon.com slash Mike C Tennis. Uh, Reese and Lee, if Riley's okay with this, uh, do you mind signing a couple tennis balls? No problem. A few of our latest uh, Patreon sponsors, and we'll get those out to you sometime next week. 